Hi guys, welcome back to Casting Commons, the show where we talk and discuss pauper. I am your host, Peasdale, and you may notice my co-host has changed this week. We have the Murr Retriever himself, Kalikais. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kalikais, Satan Raken on Magic Online. People call me Kali on Discord. Glad to be here, checking it out. So, Paul, what have you been up to this week, Magic Related? Anything interesting? So this past week, uh, as you know, I played in the Saturday Challenge, trying really hard to focus on getting a little bit of uh, uh, in-game experience playing against the best players in the real sh- in the real show, trying to qualify for that showcase. Uh, so I-, I wanted to play Altertron, and I brought it to the challenge, and ended up doing pretty decently, making the top eight. And then I've just been like going back and forth on testing that, trying to get it all settled out and figure out where I like to be, figure out what I, what my plans are and stuff. Testing a little bit of familiars as well, trying to keep that up to date for the people on the Patreon. I, I ran a League of Poison Storm. I got lucky and faced uh, four, oh, what? I, I faced Gardens three times and <laughs> Turbo Fog, so I had an easy 4-0 and then yeah. lost in the finals to Burn. <laughs> ah. the, the Arch Nemesis, eh? it's either Burn or Fear, seems for that deck, definitely. Yeah, I don't really want to face Mono Blue with Poison Storm. No, it's not a, not a fun <laughs> one. It's definitely a sweat, that is for sure. Yeah, I you know, win like 1 out of 10 is good enough, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, take that as a win. Take that as a win, that's for sure. So, how's the Ultratron testing been going? Obviously really well. Um, de- definitely looked at the yeah, list. It- it's really weird because people keep talking about playing Ancient Stirrings and Altertron, and every time I try it, you know, it sets up your combo really well, but if you ever meet something that disrupts you a little bit, then your your card selection is not good enough, and I'm, I just, like, I'm trying to focus really hard on card advantage, so, you know, abusing the deadly disputes that are all over the format and making that really where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, I ended up trimming down on like your mere kinsmith combo pieces and just going back to a, a baseline that was like what I thought more good at surviving because I think that if you could just get to the end game, it's going to work out. Yeah, I did notice that there was no kinsmiths and uh, cut down on baubles and things like that as well. I'd noticed that there was only the one bauble. Yeah, definitely. right. Yeah, in that deck specifically, uh, for a while on Magic Online, I was playing no bauble and just blood fountain mm-hmm. and then in, in, as the combo piece it was the flame fire weaver oh, yeah, yeah. Flame or something so it pings whenever an artifact enters the battlefield so that's really good at actually like pinging your opponent out with the combo where you're cycling like doing a retriever for a retriever yeah but you know we keep getting wrecked by uh mono blue fairies and then the the fire weaver doesn't do anything really other than during the combo so i ended up like cutting it and trying to go back to the munitions which adds the bobble back in so that like if you if they kill your munitions you can bobble the munitions and then use your blood fountain loop to get back the bobble to get back the munitions mm-hmm. and etc et <laughs> much easier in paper yeah definitely uh do not envy you with all that clicking you you must have sore hands from that challenge that is for sure well it's not too bad like on magic online you just kind of uh you just kind of like loop 
30 times and then you have 30 power so every time you loop with the golem foundry you get one counter so it gives you mm -hmm. basically one point of power mm -hmm. and 30 power on the table is usually enough to close so yeah you just say okay here's 10 golems deal with it yeah a, <laughs> a lot a lot of, a lot of decks can't seem to deal with that anyways especially it's pretty much free right. that way so yeah like you just kind of throw golems at the opponent and see what happens yeah mostly good enough yeah um so yeah i i haven't really done much but not really anything i've just been trying to write things and get articles out of there but more interestingly enough should we dive into the challenges do you want to see what your thoughts are on those well you got to promote your your uh article that you put out about poison storm right oh yeah of course true true to be fair the article did come live a couple of days ago um and obviously i hit you up obviously made sure that i've done some testing try to make sure mm -hmm. and had a few comments and uh, you stayed me in the right direction with some things that's for sure and i had a different perspective on others but yeah it was definitely a good it's an interesting article we obviously i went through all the matchups that i'd experienced all the different card choices and a lot of it to be fair was to be honest mainly me watching your videos and also trying the list that i had seen um right but the the list that you obviously the, I want to say the stock list nowadays is, you know, the full proliferate is definitely the, definitely the way to go. And it's, I think, figure out that last few slots, like that serrated arrows, mystical teachings, maybe even an extra land slot is probably like, I would say the floor in the deck now and the sideboard plans. They're the two things. Yeah, it's like 99% done and then you just figure out a side, sideboarding plan. Yeah, definitely. But it's pretty wild. That deck. I love that deck because you just, you win by just drawing cards. Yeah. <laughs> You don't do anything, you just win <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I've had a, I had a weird one where I think my my opponent just didn't know what sideboard plan I was on against Terra. Um, showed you earlier, and basically he bought in all sorts. He just obviously had so many dead cards. He was just bringing in like Rotted Reunion just in case he had a 2-2 two -two to deal 2 damage, or he brought in Hydroblast just in case I had Swell and Sandstorm and all this sort of stuff, and he was just <laughs> like, I'll take this, I'll take it. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, it's definitely a sweet one, and you should definitely check it out. Um, it has Cali's seal of approval, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, moving on to the challenges. Uh, I think it's probably best if, because um, I think we go through Saturdays, have some general comments on what we think of the top eight. Um, not too many, and then we'll go through the Sunday, couple of comments, and then I'd like to get your thought on, obviously, the meta as a whole, anything that you like you don't like what you think you know all that sort of stuff i'd like to get a deep dive on your thoughts on it if that's okay sounds good so just for the people listening there is the saturday challenge was won by gardens it was a second place with bogles third place was white weenie fourth was ponza uh fifth was mono blue fear sixth was the man the myth the legend himself on ultratron and seventh was mono blue fair and eighth was another gardens with a couple of near misses uh coming in at ninth was cycle storm and tenth was affinity that is a top eight right yeah the ponza player i uh was my round one opponent oh and uh dissonance was my round five opponent <laughs> pretty wild and then luca in third was on white weenie and uh I felt like I just missed sideboarded versus them, mm. uh, but I figured it out from there. So if I 
I actually played White Weenie again in leagues with Altertron and just kind of uh, dunked on him. So I felt I felt good about that. <laughs> That's definitely good because it seems good place for White Weenie to be honest. So none that block. Right. The interesting thing about White Weenie is that you know they get they're getting past all the ground based interaction. Clan Shaman's not going to be any uh, issue with them. They're going over the top of everybody, so they can they have a ton of small creatures that can take back the initiative. Mm. And if it's a basic land deck, they don't need that many lands, and they can uh, deal with Bogles, or not Bogles, but Ponza pretty decently. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they how they run against Bogles, though. Like, let's see. Looks like they've got the Standard Bearer, and that's it to deal with Bogles. Hmm. So maybe they ran into some issues there. But they don't have... They have, I don't even see prismatic strands. Oh no, three in the main. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then of course they had their their oh they had three Ramosian rallies. Okay, yeah, I was like they had their one of Ramosian rally yet again. <laughs> oh, there's there's it's a three of <laughs> previous list we're playing just just singletons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dissonance is um I think Harry MTG who is a content creator. All right. So you might see his run somewhere on his YouTube channel. If you check that out, looks like he was on the no snap list that was done by, I think he was CCOG Day or like, maybe not CCOG Day, but one of the Italian uh, creators mm. was playing a no snap list in the uh, Italian scene. He said that like buying the monster and uh, was really good for him, but he was also playing like inside out and stuff. Yeah, no snap is kind of wonky. Yeah, it seems, but... to, it seems to have like, Took a massive uptick that they've kind of went Spire Golem bind the monsters as opposed to no snap and Brian Barrow. But it seems to Yeah. Pretty good against like, as you say, the crack it avoids crack on Shaman. Spire Golem's obviously really good at it's a lot better at taking the initiative. It's a better flyer for the mirror, all that sort of stuff, why weenie. And then bind's pretty good overall. Like it, it's pretty good against the mirror and it's pretty good in, in the meta, I'd say, than snap at the moment. I could see buying the monster being really good if you want to just take out like attackers for the initiative, just get them off the table. Yeah. Uh, it's not like black green like gardens is going to be like untapping them somehow. Mm. That's is, interesting. Is gardens secretly the best deck? Are we? It there? seems to be really really good because I looked at the um, the win rates from Saturday and it was like seventy mm. percent. Decks good and. Which was kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, I was also looking at uh, the win rates. I think it was just Gardens was like the best, the best overall win rate, and it was basically everywhere. <laughs> it just seems like the combination of effective re removal spells and like you have all this good interaction, plus just slam initiative win game. Yeah. Which does work. They have this first place list had six free spells. Hmm. Just ridiculous. Is that the triple triple snuff out triple spin in darkness? They're like, I want to split it so that I can regain the life from the snuff out. Yeah. It makes sense. Um uh, and then Crypt Rats is just really good because you know affinity is only wiping the, the load of the ground things, but if you can recur the crypt rats with a blood fountain is ridiculous. They got some fungal infections for fairies and whatnots. Just more creatures to uh flood the board and take the initiative. Yeah, I've found Faze, like, the closest matchup I've struggled with, to be fair, um, out mm -hmm. of Fagans, but that, that's kind of expected when, obviously, a lot of your removal and a lot of your draw engine is one or two mana. It's pretty expected to kind of... You'll get Fade out a, a few times. 
I'm surprised that this deck is so good. Um, it went four and two versus Burn on Saturday mm. in the, but or was it? No, that was Ponza that did that. Ponza went four and two versus Burn. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> but I guess uh, it works out. Mm. I think the Burn deck tra transitioning to more of like the previous iteration of Burn, like old school Burn with mm. with just more pingers, more better pingers, more card draw. I think that allows removal to be better. And then uh, it also makes Weather the Storm a lot better in the metagame. Yeah. Whereas Weather the Storm basically did nothing if they're flooding the board. Like, you Weather the Storm after they put 10 tokens on the battlefield, it only buys you one turn. Yeah, yeah. But if you Weather the Storm in response to, like, three Lava Spikes, then you it, you literally just have a counterspell for all of those. Yeah. It's just gone. It plus another three life. I'm surprised. It's just extra creatures on the table. That's a problem. Yeah. I'm definitely surprised that considering how good it's made removal and also weather the storm. Like we have talked about this in previous shows that obviously ping a burn is a lot. It's a it's the new thing for burn to do, and I'm surprised that they haven't gone back to fully old school cold author. Like not the burn and tree cold author or anything, just fully old school cold author pre um, marching machine. Because there is, I see a lot of these decks. I'm thinking this deck would not survive against. Turn one, great furnace called author, like that sort of level of, because you know what I mean. You struggle, you would struggle to weather the storm your way out of double called author and all that sort of stuff in a bushwhacker or what have you. Right, yeah, I think that just the 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 eight reckless impulse is so good, and the I think that people are having issues just balancing it. Yeah, but you know, people are still having a bunch of success with it. I think uh, the th the one main thing that came out, which we saw on, on the Sunday challenge, was uh, Burning Tree Emissary as a another like free spell mm. that also synergizes with Reckless Impulse because you can go Burning, Burning Tree Emissary right directly into Reckless Impulse and mm -hmm. use that mana. So it's kind of like a free spell in that point. And then just Bushwhacker coming in, just wrecking your day. Yeah. But I don't know. I think what the deal is is that the big burn deck is better against the little burn deck because of their wipes. Yeah. They can just play end the festivities in the main deck. It doesn't affect them whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So you have like this like competing metagame between the burn players, mm. which is allowing everybody else to kind of do other stuff. But you know, you still like on Saturday we saw Tyra Ruby with Cycle Storm at ninth, which was just the only cycle person who has a uh, has the balls to take Cycle Storm <laughs> in into challenges over and over. Yeah. Um, but it looks like a very stock list with just, he's got two Dehotus Ploy in the main for life gain. And then the cool things that he has in the sideboard, he's got the Vision Charm, which uh, phases out a Relic from Darknesses. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I read that card thinking, why is that here? And I just assumed it would be to ch change a land type. And I was thinking I'd, I'd Oh, really well, it's pretty sick because you can phase out the relic if there's only one on the battlefield, mm. and then you can also, if you're playing against like mono blue or whatever, yeah, you can just turn all their lands into swamps and then do your thing. Yeah, like that, that... phase main phase one, turn everything into swamps or like upkeep, I guess. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking too, but I, I didn't even catch the phasing out of a, a relic. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it looks like he's got two duress and one vision charm, so it's like trying to be proactive against relic and then have one reactive spell against it. But I don't know. I have a really hard time playing that deck. 
Mm. It's like basically impossible. Is <laughs> is Grizzly Survivor like a, a stock card to have in the deck in the side? Because I seen this, I Gris I had to read what it was. So Grizzly Survivor is his way of dealing with relics as well, I think. Mm. So if you're turning off your graveyard, you just go turn one Dark Ritual Grizzly Survivor, and then turn two, you, you just try to cycle your as much as possible and slam in for a big amount. Yeah. And that that's like a juke plan, I believe. Yeah, it seems very much like, say, I, I, I'm assuming Horror and Grizzly Survivor are basically yeah. your ways to get out there. And obviously, Grizzly Survivor is a lot easier to cast off a Dark Ritual than a, a Horror of the Broken Lands is. For sure, for sure. But definitely definitely a sweet deck, and I'm I'm impressed someone had the balls to play it in a challenge, because it's definitely a wild one. I think that Cycle Storm is going to just walk all over mid-range decks, but... I don't know if it's going to be good enough against the black green deck because they're playing Pajuka Box and four relics and duress, like all this stuff together. Oh, this they only have two relics and the one. I played against um, USP dudes mm. earlier this week, who is, I, I always credited this uh, black green deck to him. And he was on four, four relics, duress, a couple of bogs. It was just impossible. <clears throat> but uh, he actually talked to me and i asked him how he thought what do you i was like i said what do you feel about everybody playing your deck and he said i hate it i don't, I don't want to play the mirror but <laughs> he actually said that he doesn't consider himself the innovator of the black green deck oh, well. he he had the original idea for this like type of list but he credits the, the other guy who first played um green in it and, and added the initiative with uh kind of leveling up the deck yeah, yeah. so i thought that was interesting he definitely is. The Maybe it's not USP dudes MBC. I I don't know. Like to be fair, the first time I picked up this deck was from USB's uh, USB dudes playing it in the challenge. I think because he won a did he he win or he won our top eight in the challenge with it, and it was like uh, basically a, a mono black control deck with gardens right. as a as a draw engine, and he had some wacky numbers like he had like three spell bombs or whatever you just to like tackle everything, and that was definitely. Um, I definitely was a big fan of that deck, and that's what started me getting onto the garden train, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but you I think what's... yeah, it's... what's really interesting to me is that I don't see black white anywhere on Saturday or Sunday. No. So it looks like everybody that was playing black white has decided to play black green instead. It's just a way better deck. Yeah. And it's got like so many free spells, and you're really like going on. The really, really good draw engine of the dispute and reckoner's bargain. Yeah, but it's just gone. It's completely gone. I, that so is weird. quite surprising, to be fair. But again, as you said, gardens generally is the better deck. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say black white is the better initiative deck. Is how I would say it. Like Goliath Paladins, obviously, Ephemerates are really good at being like the better initiative deck. But right. But then, like, having the tools to beat everything. Like, you don't have the draw engine. You're playing, like, overseers and spirit companions and all that sort of stuff to just redraw things. You're not actually making, like, that much advantage like you do with Deadly Dispute and Garden and Caligan. Obviously, that's just so yeah. much better. I mean, maybe Black, Black White should just play seven disputes, too. So That is also a, a possibility. I've seen uh, Kirby was a big one for playing that in Black White as well. Like quite a while ago, you played like three or so deadly disputes. Three or four. It just seems to be the best draw engine in the format. 
Yeah. I don't really. Other than when you will land, actually land Drifter Ephemerate, like that's the only thing that can compete. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you still have to resolve it. Yeah. Definitely. Deadly Dispute is definitely the glue that's holding a lot of decks together. For sure. Absolutely. You, uh, Mainstay right now. Do you have anything interesting you want to point out about Saturday's challenge? Any was Well, I mean, we have one Simic Ponza player in 22nd. Uh, it seems to be that Ponza is just specifically for being able to play 12 land destruction spells. Mm. They're also playing three Hoodwink in the sideboard, so they're like really, really, really <laughs> anti-bounce lands, I guess. <laughs> then uh, Paulo Cabral in 26 with Poison Storm um, under a different username. The thing is, let's see. I had one other thing I wanted. Oh, yeah. If we go back to the popper challenge on Saturday... Um, you've got burn at 12.5% of the top 32, but you also have, uh, black green burn, I think it was. Oh no. Okay. All the burns are classified the same, even though there's the red, green and the mono red. Mm -hmm. And then you have Ponza with 3.12% for Simic and, uh, 9.38% with, uh, the gruel. So it's also 12.5%. So the top two decks in the format are Ponza and burn followed by mono blue and uh vogels in the top 32 kind of interesting yeah i don't see any difference personally between simic and uh gruel as far as like meta share goes no I... i'm just really surprised that it's doing so well overall yeah i think obviously with all these mid-rangey piles like i say you've got gardens everywhere you need something to be prepared for that and then ha also have game against the other two decks and i think well i actually looked up um the win rates and Hanza did four and two versus Burn on Saturday, mm -hmm. and was two and two versus Gardens. They were not wow, not not a winning strategy versus Gardens. What? And if it's not a winning strategy versus Gardens or things like White Weenie, I'm just not really sure what it's preying on. Uh, I even, I mean, I, in round one, I I faced Las Vegas Chaos, mm. and uh, they simply just did not have the nuts, and then they lost. Yeah, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? Yeah. There's a there's a very specific way to win with with Ponza. It's like turn two land destruction, turn three land destruction, initiative, yeah. yeah, cascade into initiative. That's how you win. You cascade into a Utopia sprawl. <laughs> I just don't I don't see why it's got such a big uh, meta share. And on Saturday it was like forty percent win rate. Yeah, that that there's is... always one person that high rolls though. Like if you got if you got fifteen people playing it, one person's gonna have a lucky day. I think. Mm. It is a deck that you can basically just high roll to an event, and that's you, all you have to do is go, as you said, Arbor of Utopia Sprawl into Land Destruction, Land Destruction, Land Destruction, Bottom Party into Kill You. That, and that's yep. that's all it takes. That one guy, and then people see it in the top 8 or top 16 or whatever, and think, you know what, that is a good position deck. But I am surprised that it is only 2 2 against Gardens. Because I think. On that, on that day, yeah. On that day, that's quite interesting because. Obviously, they've got a lot of Karoos that you can benefit off Ponzerin. And mm -hmm. you don't necessarily, I don't think, need to go turn two. It's it's a deck that you don't have to go turn two uh, land destruction. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter if you do it turn two, turn three, turn four. In my I think eyes. The thing is, I think having Snuff Out for the turn one Elf plus Duress, yeah. like, 
and then you know your own initiative plus you can use uh deadly dispute to to ramp a little bit mm. and then when you get the initiative you get some basics back you have a lot of untapped lands people were saying it's not that bad of a matchup for them yeah it's just interesting yeah. but I, it seems it's the weirdest thing is that it seems to be preying specifically on burn mm. so you based on the based on the results that i saw you've got land destruction which is supposed to be good versus mid-range that's actually only good versus the burn deck. Yeah. <laughs> but it's meta's burn versus uh like burns the the highest thing, so I guess it makes sense. Do you want to go to Saturday? Uh Sunday, yeah. That is fine by me. Sunday, yeah. Um so going to the Sunday challenge, we had the first place was like a Boros Gates deck, which was Weber. Uh second mm-hmm. place was another Gardens deck. Third place was a Shoal of Blue Black Terror. Uh, fourth was mono red cold author, but it was like a uh, it was the burn and tree cold author list. Fifth was right. affinity. Sixth was uh, another Ponza green red Ponza. Seventh was another gardens deck. Eighth sneaking in. It looks like fifth was was actually walls. Oh, was fifth walls? Oh, sorry. Fifth was walls. So then you had sixth was Ponza. Seventh was gardens. Eighth was affinity. Is that right? It looks okay. So I don't. Fifth was Walls, and then sixth was Gardens. Seventh, Affinity from Luffy. Yeah. And eighth was Ponza from oh, Shatoon. Okay. So my fifth. So you got you got these pilots who never yeah. give up, never yeah. surrender, always play my deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luffy, a hundred percent of the time is playing Affinity. Yeah. Uh, Shatoon, a hundred percent of the time is playing Grill Ponza. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we have seen a, a lot of uptick in Walls, and I find it. I'm unsure about, like, I would like your perspective on this because I feel like the more snuff out and free spells see play, the worse walls seems to be to me, but it seems to be appearing in a big show. Right. Walls is specifically uh, trouncing uh, Ponza decks. Like, yeah. They literally, it feels like they can't do anything to beat walls because they're ramping, they're trying to blow up their lands. The, per- the walls player has Utopia Sprawl or has a. Quarian Ranger. Quarian Ranger, so blanks your stuff. Uh, it just like, I, as far as I know, walls is like ninety nine percent versus yeah. versus uh any sort of land destruction strategy. Yeah, for sure. But um, I guess that's, I guess you just gotta hope that that's what you face, basically. Yeah, just. I think it's kind of a a meta call, probably. Just trying to face against Ponza. We saw mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, or maybe. Last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, Hamuda won a challenge with Walls where he specifically said that he was trying to fight against land destruction and he yeah. faced land destruction like five out of six rounds. Yeah. In the Swiss. And I guess they have a plan now versus Mono Red with three healer of the Glade and then the Crimson Ac- three, two, three Crimson Acolytes. Yeah. So if they can survive the early barrage, they can just win against uh, Mono Red. And even a pulse of Marasa. Yeah. So I guess it works out. I mean, I tried playing Mono Red a couple of times, and I did. I did lose to Apis. So. <laughs> but if you're gonna lose to any walls guy, you definitely uh, he's the man, isn't he? Yeah. But on on Sunday we also had another uh, another mid top thirty two with uh, Poison Storm again from Follow, and then. Some more walls. Arclint in Ephemerate Tron, the mm. 29th. What's interesting is that the Boros Bully deck, and I don't know who started 
this specific list, but the the list that um, Weber won on Sunday is the exact same list that Spock Vita Loca played on Saturday, and uh, also played on Sunday. They had the, the exact same seventy five, so I don't know who started it. If I go to the history of that deck, I mean it looks like Tarmafire played it for a while. Uh, I'm put back. Yeah, it looks like this specific seventy five was first played by Spock Vita Loca on Saturday. So oh, well. Weber just uh, picked it as a medical, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But he, uh, Spock came in 16th or something. Mm. Go back. On, uh, let's see. I don't know. He, he did pretty decently on Saturday with it. Or like the top 32 somewhere. Okay, here it is, 19th. Yeah. So I don't know what made Weber pick that specifically, but it seemed to work out. It's this pretty strong deck because you're using Basilisk Gate in your... Boros Gates, Boros Bully Gates. Yeah. Got so much life gain for burn that you're not really worried about that deck specifically. I feel like you're going to be medium against the Ponza deck, though, because you've got everything costing one or two, where at the same time you need your lands and they come into play tapped. <laughs> yeah. That, that is an interesting choice, obviously, the, the tap lands, as you say, and even uh, repping a garrison, too. Is a is an odd choice. Like if that was going to be my tech land, I probably wouldn't put in a Karoo land with all the Ponza. But for sure, everything comes into play tapped. You you could easily lose the game by just going tap land and it get and it gets land destructed and then tap land, tap land, tap land. You just get buried that way. But, well, maybe faithless looting is good enough to pitch the Boros Garrison when it's bad. Yeah, you got four of them. Bunch of prismatic strands. So prismatic strands is obviously really good to keep the initiative too. So if you're fighting against black green decks where you can actually keep your creatures on the table, you can just strands them out of the game. Yeah, like it's uh, regarding the guild packs. It's very similar to the you know the the strategy of Goliath Paladin hold up prismatic strands to protect it, but you don't actually need your own initiative when you're just really good at taking your opponents. It's a pretty good strategy. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when we played Turbo Initiative uh, last. August, July. Mm -hmm. It was basically I play turn one initiative, you play three creatures on turn one. Who's gonna win? Yeah. Exactly. Like Land Cold Oath or Rebirth. We Darn. Know, we all know how that ended. Sure. Yeah, we should have we should have gone straight into the prismatic strand strategy there. <laughs> we didn't have enough time to uh start actually metagaming with the deck. We just yoinked it. Yeah. That is for sure. It was taken from our hands before we'd even tested it properly. We had a good couple weeks. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely a, a, another wide, varied top eight to prepare as well, with a couple of near misses with heroic and mono blue fear, and it seems to be Ponza and heroic are kind of obviously taking a step forward. They seem to be appearing a lot more in top thirty twos than they have over heroic. The heroic player that was a near miss on Sunday mm -hmm. was uh, my round six opponent on Saturday. All right, okay. And they missed they missed out because uh, I won the winning in and they didn't. Uh, <laughs> so two names. So they ended up coming in. Yeah, they ended up going four two. It looks like twice, and barely barely missing over and over again. It's got to be brutal. Definitely. Well, yeah. But I guess if they have they've got like sacred one sacred cat, but I don't see any. They do have two spirit links in the main deck, so mm -hmm. for burn type decks. And then if you can just get out ahead of people 
it it closes the game pretty quickly. Yeah, like Trailblazer is just a an amazing card against Burn anyways, because being a natural all four, it's so hard for them to deal with. You can just jam it turn mm-hmm. one for free. It's like a terror, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. So an in- interesting choice that obviously those two kind of decks have been taken up. We've obviously seen a, a random walls and a random cycle storm. Um Boros Gate seems to be a good solid choice. I've seen um Ullman had obviously wrote his article as well and mentioned that he like last week and he said he would recommend mm-hmm. bl- playing like a white weenie or a prismatic strands based deck and that seems to have shown obviously that it was a good call with obviously the increasing gardens decks because boris gates came first and also we had a white weenie in the uh, third place on the saturday as well yeah so we do seem I to mean... have a healthy-ish meta game in challenges but yeah, the the actual metagame percentages seems fine. Like, you've got Vern. Well, let's go to Sunday and see what that was like in the top 32. So you've got Gruel Ponza. I don't see any Simic Ponza. So the same exact thing as, as Saturday, it looks like. 12.5% of Ponza and Vern. 9.3% with three players of a couple of d- different random decks. Mm-hmm. So your tier one is seems to be Ponza and Vern. You've got the black green deck, I think, doesn't show up. Okay, it's in the other range, I guess. Uh, that that makes sense. So is other here? I'm looking at Magic on our Magic MTG Goldfish, by the way. So mm-hmm. it says other is 15.62%. So I guess that's going to be anything that's not categorized, and they haven't categorized black black green yet. But it's also including like Poison Storm, and I don't see any other random things. So that's a lot of uh, a lot of um, black green that's been doing really well. So I guess the that's like the main thing in the top thirty two here. Mm-hmm. So no, nothing is like oppressively strong as far as that goes in the. Uh, metagame percentages although i wonder okay so here they're white weenie in on saturday is coming in in the other category poison storm uh naya gates from alvatar (laughs) (laughs) naya hate gates which is the four relic main deck yeah i would have to count up all the uh black green players one two three yeah i don't know just i think four so it's going to be about the same meta percentage as Burn in the in the top 32 yeah. here. So still, like I said, quite varied percentage-wise. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know, if is there anything you want to cover on Sat- uh, Sunday? Because I do feel like this is a great segue to move to, obviously, discussing with you what your thoughts are as the meta as a whole. Right. I don't think I have anything else to point out on Sunday. So I didn't, I didn't go deep into anybody's list. Yeah, no. Not, it's because... A lot of them are very similar decks. There's not really much. It doesn't seem like there's not much uh, like innovation in terms of actual lists. But as I say, a nice segue to move on to talk to yourself about what you think of the metagame as a whole. Because obviously the percentages do look healthy. We have Ponza, we have Burn, we have Gardens. We have a lot of other decks that are tier 2 and below that are also reasonably playable. Heroic, you got White Winnie, you got Boris Gates, all stuff like that. Um, so what is your thoughts on the meta? generally well unfortunately the the kind of decks that i like to play are not very good versus ponza overall and i have not found very good strategies to deal with it so it's been very frustrating for me Mm -hmm. as well as 
the the burn deck seems to be um not performing very well but it has absolutely ridiculous starts which can kill you on turn three very often so that being the majority of the of the format it's kind of like okay you know cross your fingers and pray that they don't have turn one swiss beer turn two swiss beer because if yeah. they do you're just dead i think like a, a metagame in popper where your lands are not very good and land destruction is one of the top decks is kind of like doesn't really jive well for me but I un- I understand like if the if the format panel is gonna manage the format specifically on on uh, MetaShare, I guess that's the way that they're gonna do it. Then there's really nothing to be done. Uh, I think like for me personally, I I would have I was hoping that the the popper format panel would be um, trying to like steer the format around. But it seems like based on the past on the, that they're not able to take the take the initiative <laughs> to start to start pushing it in any given direction uh so their their main strategy appears to be like hands off as long as nothing's totally broken but you know i i kind of feel that their strategy of nerfing things has been not very effective i mm-hmm. mean they nerfed affinity like four times and it's still one of the top decks they haven't yeah. nerfed burn whatsoever I think like the easiest things to do here to to level things out if you were going to make a change would be to get rid of bridges and swift spear hmm. and and the initiative creatures because those are just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I don't like specifically from my perspective is the the initiative player is going to just do it's like the turbo dirtle decks from from the past. You just go kill your thing, kill your thing, play initiative, win game. If they didn't have the initiative, they'd have to rely on Monarch. Or even if they didn't have the Monarch, they'd have to go like deeper on the uh, the Deadly Dispute Reckoner's Bargain stuff. And that might be an, a more interesting game to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... The metagame in Leagues is like 50% burn, 30% land destruction, 20% random stuff. So on a good day, you'll run into four non... Like, four varied decks, which can be interesting. And then uh, otherwise, you're just going to get smacked. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of the black green gardens deck as well, which has been pretty difficult for me to face with my familiar strategy mm. because it lines up pretty well there. Initiative is just fast enough to be pressuring, and they've got tons of removal for a creature based combo deck. Yeah. As well as like they have their own. Sometimes people side in land destruction. Sometimes people side in more rats. Sometimes they side in relics. So. You can't really even predict what's going on out of those things. Yeah. So like, no it's hard. Either. It's hard to like. It's super hard to metagame against. Yeah. Yep. So I've just been trying to go under people playing Ultratron. <laughs> like, just don't even worry about it. Uh, Ultratron is really, really good versus Terror and Affinity, and uh, quite generally pretty good against the Gardens deck, unless they're on the super duper Relic plan with all the Bogs and uh, Duresses too. Mm-hmm. So, I just hope that you know we can get through it. Yeah, I I think um, obviously the the type of decks you I don't want to, I don't want to call you a combo player because you're not really a you're more like a a game action player is the way I see it. Is I just want I'm I like to go my personal um, strategy is always like big big end game things. Yeah. So I don't really care about trying to combo off in the early game. I don't really care about comboing in general. I just want to. I just want to win so hard that nothing, 
mattered. Yeah, yeah. But I also want to take a lot of actions because I feel like if you want nothing to matter, you just play Ponza. Yeah. <laughs> like one, and I did try it a couple of times. It's it's fun to win. Yeah. And, but it's just not really my cup of tea. Yeah, I've definitely. I, uh, definitely. I was like, I like taking the game actions, like we said. Playing Alter Trot and Paper, you're like, okay, now I have infinite and I win the game. So GG. Yeah. On, on Magic Online, you're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Click like the wind. I don't know what it is. It just, it just throws that adrenaline right up. Reminds me of, um, I don't know if you remember, Sifka uh, in the Pro Tour playing Eggstron, um, that like in modern. I don't know if you remember or played that at all. I didn't get to see that. Uh, but um, watching that, he basically said he was one of the very few people who was like, he was testing on Magic Online and everyone was like, wow, that must have been difficult. And he was actually, no, it's really good because you get to take all these actions and it tells you if you've played a land. And it's like... <laughs> and um, it just reminds me of that. You are the Sifker of Pauper. Let's call it that. Cause, uh... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I can definitely see the meta game not not being to obviously your style, but it's also, I do agree for people, people like yourself in terms of how much you play pauper as well. Like you play leagues, you must go through, I'd say about two or three leagues a day. If not, at least I would say at least a league a day. Do you know what I mean? Especially on a work week. Yeah. Um, like you're playing an incredible amount of pauper that these play patterns that you're going through are, are miserable. And don't get me wrong. I've definitely pre marching machine. I definitely felt that a lot, like easily playing a league a day. Like after work, you just grind, and it's just easy to just swift spear this or cold off. And it was just the player patterns just weren't fun. I can definitely understand where you're coming from, um. But as you say, the the panel and also the approach of pop is very hands off. It's I feel like you don't get that kind of they're trying to fix the format. They're just trying to not have it be broken. If that makes sense. Yep, I think that's their strategy, hundred percent. Which. We can't do anything about it. I don't think that's obviously their prerogative to take how we want. Um, we can obviously only communicate and suggest how we want, and hopefully they take that on board, I guess. Right. I mean, I, I specifically brought up to the to a member of the panel that I I thought that maybe the, the play patterns were not something that uh, most people enjoy and mm-hmm. that maybe we could make a change. And the response was essentially, you can leave if you want. So I left the, for, not really. I didn't leave the format. The thing is, like, I feel pretty invested, and I'm I'm trying I'm trying like we all know to keep putting out some YouTube content and have fun. I just want to play fun decks that like do stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times when I'm trying to play my fun deck, it just gets dumpstered by burn. Like it, it's not even close. Yeah. So I think that innovation is pretty difficult to do in this current format. So we'll see what happens. Maybe there will be a really fun Hobbit to play or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, we'll it's... just start putting the ring into play over and over and get all the benefits. Yeah, hopefully. There's uh, so far I think there's only like two or three things that tempt you or whatever with the ring so far, but we can still. Make I was it trying broken. to ignore the mechanic overall. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to not learn about it. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, branch out a little bit and play some other formats to get my uh, get my bearings. And then, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll expand my YouTube a little bit. <laughs> I tried putting out a modern video a while back, and it just got like three views. So the alg the algorithm right the algorithm is like, no, you you're a popper person. So I'll I'll have, to, I'll have to start doing wonky decks. One of my favorite content creators uh, a while ago was um, 
the guy who put out the official brand video oh, yeah, originally. Yeah. Caleb Gannon. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just going to play the most insane <laughs> thing that exists. And then... <laughs> So I'll play something crazy now and then, not try to win. Yeah, well, you know, you can't go wrong with that, to be fair. If it, it works in pop, it'll definitely work in other formats, too. And Right. It's always entertaining. So, I mean, the current format really um, really pushed me to where I am with my Alter Tron list. So if you look at it, I'm going to expand it. So I cut on like the big mana parts of the combo because I think what a lot of people are trying to do is go into like turn three, alter, turn four, you know, just win the game. Yeah. But if you get disrupted at all through a land destruction spell or through them like burning your face, you're not going to be able to win on turn four. Mm-hmm. So my strategy here is just to go four map, two crop. That's giving me on as fast as I possibly can. Felt like three crop was too much. And then with 18 lands, you're minimizing the mulligan, right? Like 17 lands, you're just take you're on the edge of disaster at all times, trying to trying to open up. I mean, you you play this Ultratron deck and every so often you're just like one land, one land, one land, mold yeah. to three, I I lose. Yeah. But I mean I've I've molded the four where it's like mind power map or you know, you have like your three Tron lands and a a deadly dispute and you just hope for the best yeah so you can pull out of mulligans pretty well i think specifically with like the deadly dispute reckoners bargain package yeah for sure and then i don't think that the makeshift munitions is really necessary to win the game like the combo kill your opponent but it's a nice like toolboxy thing and helps versus fairies so that's why i put that in there and then i'm just like working on my sideboard strategy uh like Krar Clan Shaman's really good versus um, the mono red deck that goes wide as well, but it's not quite as good versus the mono red finger deck, mm-hmm. even though you really need them off the table. So you still have to kind of bring it in. And then just trying to like, I've been trying to figure out a way to beat walls, but it's got to be just Krar Clan Shaman get lucky, I think. Walls. walls is another deck where they just kind of like, I didn't draw well, I lose, or they. D- but normally when I face them, they're like, okay, I have the combo in hand, you die. No matter what. I feel like every time I watch your videos and there's a walls, walls always seems to be your secret arch nemesis. As much as you hate Ponzer and Red, it always yeah. is your arch nemesis. I I, I sideboard anti-walls more than any other deck. <laughs> I just like straight up every time. I don't know what the deal is, but I hate losing the walls. It just grind. It really grinds my gears, and I think I think the deal is with with Ponza. I always feel like, well, there was literally nothing I could do anyway. But walls, I'm like, I'm so close. <laughs> I just have to really, really hate on them. I'm gonna play four inside out. Just take them out. I've, like uh, my first Poison Storm decks were all four inside out in the sideboard. Yeah, no, that's that's literally I always, what I say. I always pair against. I always pair against Apis because he's in Italy and I'm in. Uh, basically on Italy time because I'm always playing early in the morning. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm on lunch break. I'm like, I'm not losing to you again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can't do it. But it, it definitely seems seems that way because your Poison Storm video, as you say, you had four inside out in your first one. You then moved to mm-hmm. having like three swirling sandstorms, one in the main, two in the side, all that sort of stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's... It's a secret deck that you just never want to get paired into, and it's just a magnet for you. As soon as you hit that search to join a league, it's like it's gonna be walls in one of these fives. Right. <laughs> I played when I I played in a popper one k 
uh, locally two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. My first my first opponent was Ponza. <laughs> Immediately, we were there talking to some people that I knew from the local Discord, and the one person's like, "I here's my land destruction deck." He's like sorting it out to write the cards down. I was like, "Please don't pair versus me ever. <laughs> You're the only person here that's playing this deck." I think there actually were, were more people, hmm. and we round one right there he was. <laughs> And then the previous previous one k that I went to paired right into walls as well. <laughs> oh my god! Every time. <laughs> I guess if you always know you're gonna get that kind of luck, though, you can meta game pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> but that one time you'll pick a deck that's like got a really good walls matchup or Ponza matchup, you just won't burst it at all. Right. So I, I think like. One of the things that I always do going into these big events is like tweak my deck specific to the metagame. Mm. And that always bites me. Like I, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna face affinity and terror the whole time. I'll I'll get ready for that. And then you just get wrecked by randoms. Yeah. Goes so bad. Go as general as you can is the, the success you can ask for, I guess. Yeah, I like to play decks that just stall and then eventually win. And mm-hmm. it seems to be a good strategy. So that's kind of why I did this here, where it's just like very consistent, very good early game with three Weather of the Storms and all of the cantrips. And then you got a lot of things you can do. I really like the Conjurer's Bobble specifically here. I've liked that for a long time with like the eggs list, because mm-hmm. you can put your Deadly Disputes back in the deck and have even more card drop. So yeah. you can like put the Deadly Dispute back, Deadly Dispute a Mirror Retriever, get back the Conjurer's Bobble, put the Deadly Dispute back again. I mean, if you have eight, nine, ten deadly disputes in the deck, that's great. But you can't play eight because you'll just get flooded on them in your opening hands. Yeah, it's kind of like the the best way, as you say, best way you've got it. You've got actual seven deadly disputes, so you're not going to get too flooded on them. But then you also have the bauble to basically get two or three back whenever you need to with the former retrievers. So for sure, right? What was the uh, decider on on like the numbers then? So like, why did you have why? Three energy refractors, for example, and three weather the well, storms. Originally, I was playing with two weather the storms and uh, just trying to hope that I had it versus burn, but I felt like you need three because you're going to average one in the top 20. Mm. So I could probably get there. Uh, as far as the energy refractors, I knew that previously I was playing four star and four energy refractor. But I kept getting to positions where I just had no colored sources. And I also feel that having uh, the early colored source is more important because you can play the colored source and then play, like, turn one, turn one egg, turn two uh, wellspring, turn three deadly dispute is a common play pattern that's really, really good. So having that option, as well as they can get you to your crop faster and they cycle for storm count, which I think is really important. Yeah. But the energy refractor, like, once you have one in play, you really don't need any more of them. So they can be a good target for a Deadly Dispute or a Reckoner's Bargain as well. So people, I think that's something that's not as obvious. The other thing is, like, Reckoner's Bargain's not great, but you do want more two drops to hit with. Mm -hmm. So having three energy refractor is good. I feel like if you had only two, you would get to the point where you don't have enough of them so that you could actually execute your blood fountain loop. Which is surprising how often it comes up. But as soon as you have the the mirror retrievers online and infinite golems or whatever, you can mm-hmm. sacrifice 
your mirror retriever to get back blood fountain or no you can sacrifice your first mirror you're looping right you have one mirror retriever mm-hmm. in the graveyard yeah. sacrifice your second one and get back any of your cantrips and then you blood fountain back the two mirror retrievers so yeah. then you're so then you end up hearts you just swapping like two and two like on one side is the two mirror retrievers and on the other side is your blood fountain and one cantrip thing yeah and then you just go back and forth and draw your deck yeah Plus, in paper, you can just go Mirror Retriever for Blood Fountain over and over if mm-hmm. you have infinite mana to yeah. make infinite um, blood tokens and then just discard and draw, rummage through your deck until you find your win condition. I find that that is specifically important versus the meta right now, not to like actually find the win because most of the time the golem foundries, like making 30 golems is enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a position where if you pass the turn, you'll die, you have to like draw into your Weather of the Storm so that you can close the game. Oh well, because I, I, to be fair, I'm no expert on all the Trombiney stretch, and I don't, as you say, you don't really come against it online because no one is trigger happy as you are. So <laughs> there's. I uh, don't think anybody wants to click as hard as as much as I do, but <laughs> Raptor Fifty Six is the the clicking master, I think. Oh, definitely. Overall, I've definitely seen some. He just doesn't like this deck. And uh, I've seen some of his videos, and I'm wondering how have you managed to take only like five seconds on the amount you have clicked. I think I would have took about 45 seconds on what you have clicked in those five. Oh, for me? For both of you, are both absolutely rapid when it comes to... Obviously, you, you are the shortcut king, I've noticed. <laughs> king of shortcuts. So you want to you wanna be using... I take my hand, and I put it on... My ring finger is on the two, which I is my OK key. Okay key. Mm-hmm. Hot key to OK. And then my middle finger is on three, which is yes, and my uh, index finger is on four, which I hot key to no. Mm-hmm. So as I move through the game, I can just keep clicking or pressing the two key with my ring finger, so I don't mm-hmm. have to press OK, which is a huge time saver. Like actually mousing over and pressing OK, I think is the thing that causes people the most time loss. Yeah. I've watched people's videos and they mouse over, click OK, mouse over, click OK, and then they time out. They have no idea why. It's because you're not pressing the OK yeah. key. The only thing is that two is actually mapped to pass until I until. I have a response, mm-hmm. which you do not want to press because mm-hmm. it'll pass your entire turn and you won't make a land drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have to you have to remap that and uh, be worried about it if there's ever like a hard reinstall. So don't do that. Uh-huh. Then the, the second thing that saves a lot of time is turning off animations on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. It's not very good for... Uh, this isn't really helpful for paper players, but <laughs> uh, on Magic Online in-game, there's a settings uh, icon in the bottom left and you can click that and uncheck enable animations so you won't see your your mirror tree or flying around the screen anymore it'll just go dink 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 into one spot or the other yeah and then just turn off your and you can see like in my videos i put everything in a very specific place so i'm just like making the minimal movements with my mouse and then clicking 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 mm-hmm. it's so it's really frustrating though because you get priority back when you play Mirror Retriever with a Golem Foundry in play because it resolves the trigger and mm-hmm. then you get the priority back. So you have to press OK to the Mirror Retriever. So I actually skipped my turn on accident one time by pressing OK at the wrong time and then going through, which was stinky. But like in paper, you just say, OK, I do this 100 bajillion times. Yeah. Or a quadrillion or a Googleplex. <laughs> you say, I pass with 100 billion. The thing that is tough about this list is that you could actually deck out, whereas in the eggs deck, if you couldn't really deck out because Bobble could put back uh, Frantic Salvage, which gets back everything, yeah. and you just keep looping your deck. Mm-hmm. 
So but like I said, it's really, really, really good versus generally versus mid-range decks and really, really good versus uh, Terror and Affinity, which is kind of why I'm playing it over Familiars lately because I don't feel very confident versus Affinity and definitely don't feel confident versus Terror overall. But I still have strategies that can deal with it in general. It's just I want to play the deck with the most free wins, and when you have seven mana on turn three, you have sometimes you have free wins. I can play that, to be fair. It's... um. I do, I do like this Tron deck in, in terms, as you say, for all these free wins and all that sort of stuff. Um, so do you think you've figured out your sideboard strategy roughly on the difficult matchups? Because the sideboard looks very open here, which is obviously would make me think that you've got at least a plan against pretty much everything that you consider. The main things that I'm considering in sideboarding are... Um, is basically how am I going to deal with burn? Mm-hmm. And we've got a Weather the Storm, Pulse of Marasa, two Fanger Marauders, and then two Krar Clan Shamans there, as well as the Ancient Grudge, because they generally bring in Relic. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically taking out my combo pieces and bringing in all of my life gain and board wipes, and then I loop the board wipes with the Blood Fountain. All right. Okay. Which can also... And then eventually, at, with this specific deck, after I've wiped the board a bunch of times and I have Fanger Marauder in play, I can either attack for five over and over because they have zero life gain, mm-hmm. or I can ping them out with makeshift munitions using my Tron mana. Mm-hmm. So for three mana, you shoot them with munitions, get back Retriever, play Retriever. So for every three mana, you have one damage on your opponent, which means you only need two Mirror Retrievers to really close, which is nice. You got three Nile Spell Bombs for uh terror and for any like flickery deck mm-hmm. and uh ancient grudge is kind of a catch-all for almost everybody's gonna be bringing in a relic the smash to dust was like if you think about the board wipes like the the, the cheapest board wipe is crark the most expensive board wipe that i have is scatter and then the, the, the two smash to dust are kind of like in the middle there yeah where they're good against tokens as a board wipe they're good against there should be decent against walls as a destroy spell and then it's theoretically good versus fairies, but I found it to be pretty bad versus fairies. So I don't really know what I want to do there. Like maybe maybe one more Krark and one more one breath weapon or something. Sometimes it's hard to actually turn on Scattershot. So Yeah. Like Breath Weapon is also good against uh like elves and things like that. So maybe that would be the would be the play. And then I'm I'm taking a risk here with just one Serene Heart because like that's not really very good against Bogles, but I have Conjure's Bobble to loop it. And then the plan, again, is to be like, Herbal Life Gain, eventually find Serene Heart, wipe the board with Crackland with, uh, Shaman and start attacking. <laughs> yeah, because Crackland Shaman, to be fair, does surprisingly a lot of work against Bogles anyways, so... Right. And then Serene Heart kind of fixes it if the if the board and in, like, Falcon or something. You know what I mean? Like, he can't really answer or... Yeah, it's just that if they eventually find a life gain spell that gets them a huge guy that has life gain, it's going to be nearly impossible to take the time to loop enough on Magic Online to make enough golems to win the game. Whereas in paper, you could just say I make 100 bajillion golems, like I said, or infinite golems, and Mm -hmm. then if they can't deal with you, they can't attack you for lethal, you just attack them for lethal. Uh, There's definitely some stipulations about uh, trying to win in Magic Online. You have to kind of like take into account do i think i'm going to have enough time to do this yeah for sure but you know the fang and marauders are really brutal against affinity too and affinity since they're mostly a ground-based deck they can't deal with your golem foundries Mm -hmm. that's like kind of why i'm on four golem foundries because it provides your mana engine 
mm-hmm. as well as provides uh, just like a huge amount of pressure like, on your opponent and blockers. Uh, but like I, I lost against White Weenie in the top eight because I didn't I didn't sideboard uh, correctly. I should have brought it probably brought in my Thanger Marauders and I didn't, and uh, they ended up getting past my mini weather the storms and just slamming in. Mm-hmm. So again, as you say, with Magic Online being time constrained, like is boarding in weather against this deck like an actual issue? So say if I was against you and I boarded in weather the storm. Like on Magic Online, that's obviously a real like I would I would say it's possibly a real strategy. It's not a great one, obviously, because you, it's it's a bit it, a bit feel bad I think, but it is a strategy to do. And what yeah. are your thoughts on that being an actual thing compared? To obviously, paper is just not a, it, it's not a thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't bring it in. Well, if you let's say if I were on Magic Online and or if you're in paper and you loop infinite times, right, and mm-hmm. then you pass the turn. They end step weather the storm. That still gives them three more turns. Mm-hmm. So it does buy you a turn and paper regardless to yeah. try to get into your next thing. It's super hard to deal with uh, a big weather the storm in on Magic Online. So if you're expecting your opponent to have weather the storm, you gotta like kind of take it slow and not combo a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the times that you're gonna just go straight for the 30, 30 golems are not versus like green x decks anyway yeah and it doesn't seem like gardens is bringing in weather the storm versus me they're they're generally bringing in relic duress and things like um artifact hate or something mm-hmm. so which is obviously totally fine it was just a, a question because i've seen people bring in weather against this deck on magic online mm-hmm. so i was just curious on how much of a real real issue that is for you because obviously it's not a- well the biggest problem is like if you're against turbo fog and you're just looping and looping and looping, and then they weather the storm, and just you just can't ever win the game. Mm. Because with one Golem Foundry, you have to do three loops for, for a 3-3, three, three. so every loop gives you a point of power. With two, every loop, every uh, three loops gives you six, so it just kind of goes exponential, or no, I guess, maybe that's exponential? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but with... Uh, Three golem foundries is the most efficient way of like creating power because every time you loop a mirror retriever, you get three power. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it lags so much because there's so many triggers. Like Magic Online has a problem with triggers specifically, and that that gives you a lot of issues. But if you're versus a, a deck like Turbo Fog where they're trying to weather the storm you, you just like take it slow, build mm-hmm. up over a period of time, and then get there. Okay. Or like try to force force their hand, make them tap out. Go for more golems, and then uh, usually they'll just bring a Nile spell bomb against that deck to kind of stop them from getting their loop online. Mm-hmm. And you can like spell bomb them out. Eh, it's kind of annoying, mm-hmm. but most of the decks in the in the meta game are not going to be weathering you. Okay, That's... I ran it. I ran into one person that was playing uh, Poison Storm, mm-hmm. where I knew they had weather the storm in hand, but I brought in uh, Ancient Grudge and Smash the Dust. They only had an island and a prism, so I smashed, I smashed their uh, prism and then went off and killed them. Yeah, it's definitely something you have to play around. Unfortunate. But you know, as far as the timing thing goes, it's it's unfortunate. But Magic Online has decided that uh, to make public that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with trying to time your opponent. There's there's no rules against it. Mm-hmm. The only rule is tapping and untapping a land, because that 
that is something that changes the priority and like that's i guess not supposed to be done but you can if you want to just be like casting random stuff to do nothing to try to eat the clock they don't appear to have any issue with doing that so you have to uh you have to take your life into your own hands if you're mm-hmm. going to play a, a deck that has a lot of clicks unfortunately i mean like i'm not timing out that much and mm-hmm. most of the times my my games go long is because my opponent is taking a long time and trying to time me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to win. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, w- one thing people need to realize when personally you, you Raptor, all these really rapid clickers, is this isn't happening. You're not going to time me out. So. You know, I think in, in leagues, I think people need to value their time a little bit better. Mm. But who knows? Maybe they get enough equity overall. I think people also really don't like facing combo decks mm. and they don't they don't like having no real options to win so they take whatever they can yeah okay. and everyone's everyone's using their own time right so mm-hmm. if that's if you want to use your 25 minutes to do nothing that's fine i guess yeah for sure um is there anything else you would like to point out on the Ultratron deck that you came sick with mm. I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, I used to play... Oh, I guess over in the mana base, I'm definitely always playing two swamps. I just like the snow-covered swamps for the pixel lands, because mm-hmm. they're sweet. But you don't have to play snow-covered swamps, because it doesn't make make any difference. Mm-hmm. The Singleton Polluted Mire is really good to get with the, with the uh, maps. Wow. You can... If you have extra uh, mana, or if you... If you have Conjure's Bobble and nothing to do and you have a map in play, you can bobble back the Polluted Mire and then map for the Mire and cycle it. Mm-hmm. So map for Mire is five mana to draw a card, essentially. Mm-hmm. But if you have infinite mana, you can start bobbling back the Mire and then sacrificing the Mirror Retriever for the Bobble to bobble back the Mire again yeah, yeah. over and over. So you can like use your extra Mirror Retrievers to try to draw into something. A couple of times, like I had... I was facing fairies and I had infinite golems, but they had lethal on the stack, lethal on the crackback. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything going on, so I had to do that loop and try to draw as much as possible. Ended up hitting a weather storm, getting the life gain, and then presenting lethal on my side. So you, it's interesting because the deck kind of plays like a storm deck does, where you're always trying to play to your outs. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what can I draw into to win the game here? How can I draw into something that can actually be effective? So a lot of the times I'll be floating black mana or green mana based on what I have on the board. See if I can get it drawn into a Weather the Storm. But most of the time I'm floating black mana to try to draw into a Deadly Dispute or a Reckoner's Bargain. And then the Crystal Grotto is something you can either crop for for a scry or you can just play it out for a scry. And Crystal Grotto being a scry is almost a draw card because you can bottom something you don't want. Mm-hmm. So you can crop, crop a grotto for a scry. Sometimes uh, and it's just an interesting thing to do is go like, um, so like I have, if I have three, if I have like tower, power plant, and then grotto in hand, and I draw, I play the two Tron lands, and I draw a map. You can play map with one of your Tron lands, and then play your grotto with the trigger on the stack, sacrifice the map for your Tron mana, and then resolve the scry trigger. Mm-hmm. So. You gotta kind of think about that. So yeah. that way you get your mana plus you get the value from the scry trigger. Whereas if you always auto yield to it, sometimes you'll miss on that. Yeah. So you can also like with Crark Clan Shaman, you can sacrifice your board and then deadly dispute it. Yeah. Or sacrifice your board and then shoot somebody with it with the makeshift munitions. 
Yeah, common trick that happens in Affinity a lot for sure. That happens a lot there. Yeah. So. The other thing is, if you have two mirror retrievers in play and nothing in the graveyard, if you block with both and they both die at the same time, they can return each other. Hmm. But you can't return both of them together if you have Car Clan Shaman because you have to sacrifice them each individually. individually. Unless you sacrifice your, your a different artifact and kill them both at the same time, which you can get them both back. Mm-hmm. Then there's like a slow loop where if you have um, Altar and Foundry in play, you can you can sacrifice Mirror Retriever to get back Blood Fountain and then play Blood Fountain for Retriever over and over to kind of get some uh, counters on your goal in Foundry and some Blood Tokens and stuff. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I I tested a couple of times putting in the mana base was a Takashia's Dig Site over the Crystal Grotto, but that doesn't seem to be as useful as trying to be more consistent in the early game. Is that the Severe Land? That... Yeah, which feels great when you have it in play, because it just, like, having Surveil every turn is really big. Mm. But it's not something I'm not entirely sure about overall. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting. There's definitely like you. So what? What made you like? What makes you go through these testing processes of obviously like dig site and things like that? Just and what makes you decide if it's better or not? I know that sounds because when it comes to dig site and crystal grotto, the I don't want to say they're pretty similar, but they can be in certain circumstances to the point that what makes you Mm -hmm. decide that that's overall better or worse. A lot of it just experience uh, in game. Like if I go turn one dig site, that's terrible. If I go turn one grotto, that's really good. Uh, you know, dig site's really good in a late game, and I found it dec- pretty decent in a list with ancient stirrings because ancient stirrings isn't as much card advantage, mm-hmm. so you're using it there. But it's usually when I'm when I'm doing testing, it's a lot of spamming spamming games and then trying to evaluate reevaluate from there mm-hmm. and uh, just tighten things up that way. Try to figure out what you want to uh, fight against. So you know, I think the early game is the important thing for Tron. So I have to focus on the early game. For sure. Anything else you'd like to cover? Because obviously we've covered a lot with the deck. I think with the Ultratron, we're good. But if you want to find out any more information, you can always check out uh, my videos. Or um, I have Cyborg Guys and Primers on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash guys. I will, uh, for the YouTube video, I'll definitely post them in the description. Uh, I still don't know how it works for Spotify and all those sort of things. I don't know if you can link those. There's supposed to be like a, like a details, mm. uh, show notes, yeah, show notes. Yeah. Um, so I just want to cover one thing, I guess, before we close up, if that's okay. Um, I right. just want to know, just even just one, we usually do two, but I think it'd be good to see one thing that you think how Pauper will shake out from now. doesn't necessarily have to be next week. But just over the next mm. couple of weeks, where do you, do you think Pons is going to take a down tick? Do you think Pons is going to take an uptick, or all that sort of stuff? Or man, doing metagame analysis is something that I just never have been good at. I just like react, react, react. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have any idea. Me I think neither. people usually week to week people start looking at the Saturday and Sunday challenges and taking whatever worked in the top eight and mm-hmm. running those back. Yeah, yeah, sure. so. I I think um I think it's just gonna continue to be burn stuff and Ponza, Ponza. and Black Green Gardens. Gardens the Black Green deck has completely taken over uh Orzov, like I said, so I don't think we're gonna be worried about that. Mm-hmm. I don't see Affinity coming back. And then after the Lord of the Rings set comes out, we've we're getting this two mana exile and artifact or 
um, it deals one to two different targets. Like mm-hmm. that's just really, really good in mono red. So mono red is going to be even better, I think. Especially just going to push down affinity a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. That's what I think. Cast it a fire. I mean, people are still playing affinity, but I don't know why affinity is like so low. I, th- I think it's still like a really good deck and mm-hmm. very good versus Ponza, but maybe Ponza with their like they have ten anti affinity in the sideboard probably, so yeah. maybe it's good enough. Four D Glamour, Smash the Dust, Gorilla Shaman. Who knows? What do you think is going to happen? It's it's a hard one to tell, to be fair, and I do think I, I do agree. It's basically those three decks are kind of gonna gonna shine, I guess. Ullman's approach to White Weenie slash Boros decks will probably take an uptick. It's probably about it. I would expect to see a bit more Boros Gates or more traditional Boros Bully or even White Weenie in next week's challenges. Is probably what I would say. That's the only thing I can really go for. Yeah. The the go wide flyers deck seems well positioned overall. Yeah, for sure. If you would like to see a deck in the top thirty two that you don't think would have a chance, or what would what would you say that would be? Just out of curiosity. I just want to I just want to see somebody win a challenge with Poison Storm. Let's make it yes, happen. Yes, let's make it happen. There's only like two people trying it, so <laughs> they'll have to get really lucky. Yeah, that's what we need to see: Poison Storm. <laughs> Imagine a metagame that is just all Poison Storm versus Ponza. Yes. Doesn't uh, make any sense. That'd be great. <laughs> I am. I am down for that. Um, anything else you would like to cover before we wrap this up? I think I'm good. It has been an absolute pleasure to have the man, the myth, the legend, that is Cali on, on this podcast, and it is an honor to finally, obviously, Discord and have a crack with you. A conversation with you. Sorry, that was a very english cumbrian thing to say there um yeah so it's been honestly having me been great um i just obviously would like to shout out yourself for your youtube channel your patreon all will be in the description it's uh kalikai's on youtube you are mm-hmm. jake als is it als on twitter on twitter yep and you're obviously saying raking on magical line which doesn't really matter but then your patreon is patreon.com forward slash kalikai's right right and then if anybody wants to reach me, the easiest way to reach me is definitely uh, hopping into the familiars discord on, on magic or on uh, discord. Yeah. Generally hang out there and uh, it's, it's easy to just like, you know, if you tag me, then I'll see it <laughs> versus like a, a YouTube. I try to stay on top of the YouTube comments. Uh, and those are a little bit harder to see always around though. So if you want to want to have a conversation with him or ask for advice, he's definitely always there in the familiars discord. Cause I've pestered him if, thousand times on there just to let everyone know so, yeah the discord started for me to try to uh find other people for that were playing mystic sanctuary familiars to try mm-hmm. to get better at the deck and then eventually just became like hey you're really good at popper you should join <laughs> <laughs> so now now it's filled with people that are really good at popper and it's sort of like the secret spike discord yeah it's this it's the discord where all the decks get broken it's usually is the thing mm-hmm. i can see I usually end up combo decks, not not gardens decks. No, no, no. I, I just end up viewing because all these decks just get broken. You know, obviously you broke Relay Storm, you broke um, Turbo Initiative. All these things were definitely broken in that Discord. Play it the firm. Yeah, Turbo Initiative. We have to shout out the Japanese players for oh, putting all that effort into like building the original lists. Mm-hmm. So they they built the groundwork for us, and then uh, 
we were just tooling around and adding more rituals and more initiative. Yeah. But no, it was, it was, it's definitely cool to see, so check out that Discord. Um, so yeah, all good to close out? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun talking and uh, getting to hang out in person. Yeah, sort thank of. <laughs> Thanks a lot again. Um, so that is all from us at Casting Commons. And it has been a great pleasure to be here with Callie. And again, check out all his channels. But until next time, don't forget to stay hydrated. Peace. Bye.